Well, hello there, Weege. How the hell are you? I am fine. How the hell are you, Trixie? I am all right. I am all right. This is one of our stable nuggets uh, episodes. Uh, this is a podcast that's sort of in between our race day picks. So it could just be a little bit of whatever the hell we want to throw in there. But the first <laughs> thing that we're going to do is recap uh, the weird race of four horses of the apocalypse. That's right. That was last weekend at the uh, Coaching Club American Oaks running at Saratoga. And I think, Weed, you are ready to break it down for the people, if you would, please. <laughs> I'm going to break it down. Okay. Here it is. The 2021 Coaching Club American Oaks, it's G1 race. And this race was such a shocking surprise. Uh, let's see, we had an undefeated horse, like a very undefeated horse, quite a few races undefeated, just did not do it. It got beaten by a horse that I would have once again, like some weird outlier comes in and takes it. And I'm like, okay, I need to learn my lesson. So I was thinking, Malathat's going to come in and wipe her butt with everybody, right? No, she did not. And that was a failure on her part. (laughs) Not to be forgiven. (laughs) But she did did not do it. It came down to, so the horses were uh, Maracuja or Kuja, uh, Malathat, Clarier, and Rock, Paper, Scissors, and Maracuja won. And... um, Basically, it was kind of anybody's game at first, but at the end, Maracuja and Malathat were going at it. And it was actually pretty exciting. They were kind of, you know, trying to trying to sneak in there. And you kind of weren't sure who was actually going to win because it was pretty close. And they were just kept nosing their way in. But it came in, Maracuja won. Malathat came in second, that failure. And then (laughs) Clarier was third and rock, paper, scissors. So my, my pick for, uh, exacta was blown to hell and, you know, what are you going to do? But these are things as always in horse racing, you know, you do your best to predict. I thought, Oh, I'm going to pick the, you know, the very talented undefeated horse you know, sure thing. There's no sure thing ever, ever. Mm -hmm. And as I have learned this week, once again, some crazy outlier can come in and do something exceptional. So hats off to Maracuja. Awesome job. You know, really well done and totally underestimated you. You, you know, you did it. So, you know, hats off. It was hard for us to know because some of those horses, like Rock, Paper, Scissors, you know, we had hardly seen. Um, and well, that Rock, horse Paper, did exactly what we thought. Well, that, that horse really <laughs> that was, was predictable. That horse really was outclassed, yeah. Right. But the thing uh, I, I wanted to say, too, I was joking in the last podcast that we could just bet a Superfecta, which is where you pick the top four finishers in order, and that we could just bet a Superfecta box for that race because there are only four horses in it. So uh, in case you're new to racing, what happens is there are only four horses in the race. They're not going to let you bet a superfecta box. (laughs) They're not even going to let you really bet a trifecta. In order to create any odds uh, at all to get 
people to sort of bet against each other, they would let you choose an exacta. So you could choose two horses out of the four, or you could choose, yeah, basically you could choose two horses out of the four, and you couldn't even choose win, place, or show. You could only choose win or place. So when the field is that small, they will eliminate some of the bets that would allow you to cover the whole field. So just in case that, um, that's something that you didn't see or you went into to bet and went, hey, why don't I have these other options that I normally have? It's because when the field is small, they will trim it down so that they can create um, actual odds for you to bet against. Um, because otherwise- Speaking oh, of go ahead. odds, speaking of odds, because Maracuja was not uh, a favorite exactly. Um, what well, says here six to one? Is that where it came in? Because no, I thought it was higher. It, it I came thought it was in like at 13. like thirteen. That's what I think. It came That's in at thirteen. At okay. thirteen to one, it was betting. Uh, I think right before race time, I even saw it as high as fifteen to one. It really See, was not and the that favorite. That would have been so juicy and delicious. So nice. Oh, so tasty. So but tasty. No. Yeah, because that would mean for every dollar that you bet, you would have gotten thirteen dollars. That would and have been that is, so great. That's pretty dang nice, but no. So yeah, no. so that so that's how that was. I came in. Um, I uh, also bet. Um, I bet an exacta with Malafat and Clarier, and that did nothing for me um, because um, they didn't come in in the one and two positions. I did manage to win seventy cents. Yay me! Woo-hoo. Because I, oh no, no, never mind. I didn't. Never mind. No, no, that was not the race where I did. I, oh, uh, actually, no, that was the, I, the weekend before, right? Yeah, that was the weekend before. I had, be, I did wanted you spend to spend it back, all in one place. I, <laughs> I did. I did. I, I friggin' blew through that, man. <laughs> it was awesome. I put like 35 cents up my nose and another 35 cents on hose. And it was. <laughs> 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 and I well, there to you have you, it. When That's you a weekend flash, there. That's about you, five minutes. <laughs> when, when you go, when you go to the local, what can I get for two minutes and, and thirty-five you, cents? And you flash a quarter and a dime at the local talent. <laughs> let me tell you, the looks you get of admiration. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Was, you mean was, I get to keep all that? <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. No, baby, I'll just take the quarter's worth. That extra 10 cents, that's all you. Just that's for being all pretty. You. Yeah, that's all you. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so it was like that. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much all I have to say, uh, except if you see those long shots and the field is small, you can really afford to bet all of them to win. You can, you know, and I think and that was you, another lesson yeah. that I came out with. You could, if the field is that small and you know somebody's got to win, you could bet all of them to win. And even though you won't make that much if one of the favorites wins, if one of those long shots comes in, then you're super happy. And I, I, uh, and I want to say again for anyone listening to us who is not familiar, we pick our races ahead of time. So we have a whole schedule for this season going through the Breeders' Cup. So we know every week which races we're going to be betting on. So that's a little different than a lot of handicappers where they are going to go look for a race that gives them the odds they want, that gives them the circumstances that create something advantageous. So what we do 
is we're looking at the race in front of us. So largely we pick three-year-old races, Saturday races, high purse races. They're usually a mile and more, um, and there'll be stakes races, often graded G1, G2, G3. So those are the races we're following, but it means that what happens with us as handicappers is instead of looking at the races that day and looking at one and going, eh, this one, the, the field doesn't give me enough opportunity to get some betting leverage. We just stick with the one that we picked and we try right, to make the right. best of what is occasionally a turd sandwich. So it's true. There are other handicappers like on YouTube and what have you who decided, no, this one ain't for me. Right. And I didn't, bl- I don't right. blame you. But in I don't. a weird way, it was sort of fun. <laughs> it was fun. Way. And the thing is, it was an exciting race. I mean, the thing is, even though the race didn't go necessarily the way we bet, it was an exciting race to watch. And it, it was, really did. Definitely. There really was challenge between the horses running. So besides rock, paper, scissors, who looked pretty outclassed. Um, but um, Clarier came out very strong at first and was running very strong in the front position and then got passed later um, by uh, Malathat and Maracuja. So there were lead changes in there and it was really interesting. Well, oh no, no, it was Rock, Paper, Scissors who did that, right? Rock, Paper, Scissors came out fast and took the lead and we were all like, ooh, go Rock, Paper, Scissors. And then dropped off entirely because could yeah. not keep the pace yeah, with that everybody early speed else. can kill you yeah yeah because if you're a speed horse but you're going over a mile you're going to need some endurance too because it ain't right, a sprint right um, no it's interesting because i i kept hearing people saying it was a paceless race and i had never heard that term and i kind of took it to mean that you know you really don't have a big enough field or enough you know just I don't even know what kind of wherewithal you need to set a pace, but you don't have any real pace setting horses. You have, you have, yeah. So anyway, so, and that was kind of the cases you sort of had some early speed and some late speed and that was kind of it. (laughs) And then the race was over. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was odd, but it was fun to follow. Um, And it's always fun to follow. And right now we are going to talk about a couple other things, but let me just say now, let me get it out of the way, say what the next race is going to be. If you go to our website at 33xpl.com, you can download a copy of our race tour by week and see the schedule of the races we're going to bet. So if you're learning about racing or you want to just bet along with us and push our faces into the dirt, which is totally possible to do. It's welcome. Yeah. It's honestly, it's welcome. You want to make, I will eat my shirt. Yeah. Make come on and make me, make me. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Totally. We're, 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 we are up for shirt eating if it's gotta, if it's gotta happen. So next weekend, the races that we're covering Saturday, July 31st, again, out at Saratoga, because we're in the middle of that 40 day Saratoga race meet. Uh, As you may remember, rich, meet. We have got the G2 race, which is the 58th running of the Jim Dandy. That is for three-year-olds, one and one-eighth mile on dirt, which is the same length and conditions as the Coaching Club American Oaks, except that was for fillies. So this is the same conditions, but it's a G2 race. 
And instead of $500,000, which was the uh, coaching club prize, this is $600,000. Let's see if we can get more than four horses in. I and know. we, yeah, it's wait. like everybody gets paid. Everybody wins, even if they oh, lose. They my win God. in even a race of four horses. Yeah. <laughs> so we have one more race too. Sunday, we uh, are entering Del Mar. This will be the first race we've covered at Del Mar. Del Mar in California, San Diego, which will be the eventual location of the Breeders' Cup races. Um, so August first, Sunday, we are betting the Clement L. Hirsch Stakes. That is yes, a G1 race, uh, $300,000 purse. It is for three-year-old and up fillies and mares. And that is one and one-sixteenth of a mile on dirt. And so that is your preview of the race. You can always go to our website, see what the next races are, or download uh, the entire schedule and just bet along with us, which we would, which we would love. But now, that business aside... What else shall we discuss, Weege? Oh, I had, I, you know, I was stalking around on the internet the way I do. And I can, you know, because I love the sports, I find myself just accidentally stumbling across all of these oddities related to horse racing. And the beauty of it is also that we are 70s kids, let's face it. 70s and early 80s, we we did some growing up there. And so we grew up with a certain amount of horse racing cachet, if you will. Like our grandfathers are the old guy at the track. That's right. the, the old cigar smoking guy at the track kind of guy. In like and the plaid sports coat, that kind of a guy. Yes, the white belt and shoes, the Sansa belts, as we say. So I went out and I was just wandering around looking at Sansa belts the way I do. As you do. As the way you I do. do. As you do. And then I started coming across all of these like celebrity owners of racehorses. And some of them were actually, some were not surprising. Others were pretty surprising. And I had no idea. And then I came across a video that one of these celebrities had made and I was, I sat and I watched it and I was kind of fascinated. So I would just like to, I will start out by kind of laying out some of these celebrities um, just because it's very entertaining. And some of them, they're people you've heard of, or maybe people you remember from the past, or maybe you never heard of them, but you know, they're just people we like, we like and know and what have you. So anyway. Yeah. So, you can ask your grandma who they are. Ask, ask yeah. your grandma. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All like, right. Who is this crazy jerk? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. So I, I did not know. Let's see. I'm going to get past some of the boring ones. Sorry, people. Queen Elizabeth II is a huge advocate for the sport. So Hats off to the queen. We love you for advocating for the sport. Now, there may be other folks. Well, uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, yeah, she's (laughs) she's a huge advocate for the sport. Also, um, I think uh, some people may know or maybe they haven't heard, but her uh, daughter, um, Princess Anne, I believe, is a huge equestrian. Um, You know, they've been big sponsors of equestrian sports and racing in general and all that kind of stuff. Yep. 
Yep. So, yeah. So Steven Spielberg, he was oh. a um, a horse owner. Um, I believe he was probably a, a co-owner of a horse. But yeah, Steven Spielberg, Bo Derek, huge into the sports. Um, uh, also an ambassador for the Breeders' Cup, but she's, you know, way into horses. Bing Crosby, big proponent of the sports. And you might have some things to say about that, but um, yeah, old Bing. Old, old Bing, and there was a race, um, the Bing Crosby Stakes out at Del Mar, because I found out when I was researching Del Mar um, that sort of we just hinting at that Bing Crosby was very important in the founding and promotion of racing at Del Mar, which I did not know, which is why he has his own stakes named after him there. He was a very important horse owner and promoter of the sport out at Del Mar. So, so there you go with that. There you go. All right. Alex Trebek. Who knew? <gasps> oh, God bless. R.I.P. Alex Trebek. <clears throat> Can I Love say, him. I... You you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Uh-huh. Uh but when I realized the absolute desert of stylish game show hosts like it's it's really been whittled down. There's only really Pat Sajak left. Yeah. And the your basic game show host in a suit who is like a little bit snarky, a little bit mischievous, good-natured, fun. And I, when Trebek started, I'll be honest, I thought he was a tool. I thought Me he too. was a tool. I didn't like yeah. him. But then over time, <laughs> I got used to him and, um, and, I, and I really started to like him. And now being confronted, and this is just my opinion, I'm not trying to run anybody up the flagpole, but I don't like Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings, like multi-winner of Jeopardy!, I wow. don't find him to have a lot of personal charisma for me. He doesn't really he 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 seems like a guy that I would avoid at a party, not the guy I'd want to talk to. Right. And so I just feel like ugh, like the last guy I want or person to be heading up Jeopardy is someone who's got this like know-it-all I'm better than you kind of attitude. Yeah. I want somebody who's Fun. Canadian. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's a good place to start. Could we it start is with it Canadian? It is a good place to start. Yeah. Could, let's just start with Canadian and let's just build from there. That's yeah. And so now I just, anyway, I, I, I want, you know, the spirit of Trebek, long may he wave wherever he may be <laughs> to know that I appreciate him more now than ever. And Truth. I'm with that. Yeah, so so that's what I have to say about Jeopardy and Alex Trebek, and it's lovely that he was uh, a racehorse owner. I, oh, and I wanted to mention one little thing. Oh, you know what? Talk about say some more celebrities. Okay, all right. So Alex Trebek, Terry Bradshaw. Okay, Terry Bradshaw. Cool. Um, Drew Brees. All right, makes sense. Uh, Ronnie Wood from the Stones. There you go. Uh, Toby Keith. Toby Keith, huge, huge into it. And let's see. And then there are more. Uh, let's see who's who's the more. Well, and there was that guy I was telling you, Gary Player, who oh, yeah. has Gary like a, who's got a South African um, like stud farm. Uh, I was reading these from the Breeders' Cup uh, website because Toby Keith and I think Gary Player are also Breeders' Cup ambassadors. 
But um, I was going to say, I think that racehorses, if you happen to be a wealthy celebrity or a sports figure, I think that racehorses are things like restaurants that mm-hmm. people just get you into. So you could either like be like Mike Ditka and have your own pork chop place, or you could have racehorses. <laughs> but there's going to be somebody who comes up to you and says, do you have a bunch of extra money burning a hole in your pocket? Yes. And, and do you have a good accountant that knows how to write off losses? Right. You <laughs> might want to be a, a racehorse owner. That's and, right. Yeah. And so it seems like a lot of people get into that way. And then for some people, it really sticks. Like, um, yeah, it's it, it it just becomes a thing. It's it is kind of like a drug. I'm not gonna lie. To me, it's just something that you just start to love, and then you can't stop loving it. Well, and you pointed me in the direction of uh, Jack Klugman. Oh who yes, is, who is an artist and actor who we love. And now, shall we do the theme together? So for those of you who don't know anything, which is probably lots of you, that was Quincy, Quincy Medical Examiner, which was um, a big crime show back in like the 70s and 80s, where he was like a hard drinking, hard loving medical examiner. Yeah, he was a doctor who also partied hard. (laughs) He he partied hard. He gambled. Yeah, he, he was the man. He was the man in his Santa belts. Yeah, he was. He, he was, smoked cigars on his boat. He lived like on a houseboat in the he thing. He was like and- the, the embodiment of Oscar Madison. Like he played Oscar Madison in the Odd Couple TV show. And obviously, I'm showing my age, but and then he was Oscar Madison, kind of in real life in a lot of ways. So you know, he was, and he got into owning racehorses and something stuck in my head because Weege sent me an article on Jack Klugman's um, racehorse owning career. And the thing that stuck with me was Jack Klugman in an interview was saying, and I forget which horse this was, but he had one of his horses come in on a major race, like a top race. And he said, when that horse came in, that he, because he had been involved with the stable for a while and all that kind of stuff. So he'd been in the sport. But when his horse finally came in, in a huge race, he said it was the best moment of his life. Now, I want to tell you, by this time, he was a huge international celebrity. He had had children. You know what I mean? (laughs) He had done it all. He had been close friends with Tony Randall, which should be enough star power for for anybody. anybody. (laughs) And yet, when his horse came in, he's like, that was the best moment of my life when the, <laughs> when the horse came in. And that, like, really stuck with me. I was I like, know. oh, That is yeah. a true okay. lover. That is, that, is tr- yeah. that is a true believer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Another one. I'm going to bring up this one. Just let it out of the bag. Okay. So, Tim Conway, if you were ever a Carol Burnett show fan... And remember, we're talking about, you know, a lot of people in a certain range of time, but, um, you know, in in the history of the world. (laughs) Well, these these people were old when we were young, so they were who was on TV. Like, TV used to have old people in it. Now, I know the youngsters now, you know, they're like, (laughs) you're over you're over 15. You can't be the lead in that show. We only want 15 year olds. But when we were young, there were like a lot of crusty geezers on TV. So we learned to love them. 
We did. We did. Like, we didn't know any different. <laughs> That's what there was. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So, Tim Conway, kind of a, a man of um, diminutive stature. Yes. And, and max, maximized the use of that for comedy, by the way. Awesome comedian, you know, great entertainer. But um, he was actually, he he was training to be a jockey. His father was um, a a stable manager and was invo- involved in um, horse racing and uh, just taking care of horses for various people. And then he was training to be a jockey and then realized, you know, this is not really working for me and I'm bad at it. So <laughs> obviously that's the natural route to comedy then, of course, straight Naturally. line. Yeah, straight. Well, I mean, and and he did do some really funny characters. Like he did, he did. one, a sports character called Dorf where he would basically just stand on his knees and he they would put shoes sticking out from where his knees were, like he was kneeling on a pair of shoes, and they would just pretend he was that tall. And then, I know it sounds lame, you kind of have to see it because he just made it so funny. He was such a great physical comedian. He was, that, he was. That if you describe it, it, it doesn't really get across. But if you look up like Dorf on Golf, you know, Dorf as a jockey, Dorf as anybody, it's just this like crazy little dude. <laughs> just, yep. Like, it it is. It's true. And and it's it's dorky, but it's funny. So if you have a chance. But Tim Conway actually put out a video. I think it was like a VHS. I found it on YouTube. Somebody had taken the time to put this VHS on YouTube. So they recorded it in a fashion that would be allowable to YouTube. So it was all about thoroughbred racing. And so he had interviewed some jockeys and some various other people. Um, I think one guy was a track announcer and was a jockey at some point and another announcer. But basically, they were all involved in the sport and could speak uh, very well to it. And he was asking them pointed questions to kind of pull information out. But it was great stuff. And it was, there were certain things that I knew and I was excited that I knew them because there were, there were a few technical pieces, but overall I was enjoying it because I knew just enough to be dangerous and kind of understand over the top of what they were talking about. But it was basically an instructional video to just sort of teach you more about the sport that he loved. And I have no idea why he wanted to share that, but I'm glad he did. Well, that. And when he passed away, they actually had a Tim Conway day at, um, I forget what his... Was it Del Mar or no? Santa Anita? Santa Anita, that's right. I was trying to remember his home course. They had a Tim Conway day because that was kind of his home course. But yeah, I think he was just a big advocate for the sport. We will put a link to that YouTube video in the description section of our... um, YouTube version of the podcast, and I will also get it into the podcast notes as well. Um, right. I but, got a couple but more. That way, but yeah, that <laughs> way, that way, people. I, you know what? Yeah. We'll put all the links in. We'll put all of them in. Yeah. So, um, but that one—that's definitely worth a look if you're learning about the sport. You know, it's worth a look, especially if you like Tim Conway or you ever like the Carol Burnett show. Definitely, you might want to check that out because it's actually interesting. And if you're someone who's kind of coming along, like you know, like we are or like I am, 
you might hear a few familiar things. You might learn a few new things. So it, but he definitely knew everything about the sport there was to know and actually had trained to be part of it. So that's, that's pretty interesting. He also didn't, didn't win that much and lost an arm and a leg. And, you know, that became a point of humor as well. So, (laughs) (laughs) so there was a little humor there, but okay. Next, Telly Savalas. Go figure. That's a good one. Now, Telly Savalas, he was a very sexy man. And there's a picture of him online here. I'm looking at him right now with his great big lollipop. And, you know, but nobody was like Telly Savalas. You want to talk about personality plus that is Telly Savalas. He was, he was all that. And then some, he was shaving his head before anybody else was, he was a Greek guy. Um, and he, he just, he friggin' owned it, right? Yeah. He just, yep. he would like have his shirt unbuttoned down to who knew where. And he was just like licking a lollipop uh-huh. and saying that he was doing it to quit smoking. And it was just kind of like dirty and skanky. <laughs> and he it's was true. just, he was I, like, he was, he just, he owned it. And he, he did. Was it was super he, sex symbol. Yeah. <laughs> it's so was, funny. He was the epitome of like, the gold shirt with the chest hair and medallion. That's yeah. him with yeah, a bald totally. head. He was yeah. groovy as hell. And uh, yeah, so Telly Savalas. Now, here's another one that you know you just kind of wouldn't know, but Wayne Rooney, the soccer player. Oh, okay. Now I've watched a lot of soccer, unfortunately for me, because it's not really my not really my jam, but it is my 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 dude's jam. So. Wayne Rooney is something I hear (laughs) fairly often. So there you go. Wayne Rooney. And then let's see, who else do we have? Wes Welker. Do you know Wes Welker? Oh, yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I didn't know. He's, I think he is originally from Texas. So it makes sense at least a little bit, but I didn't know Wes was into horses, but cool. There you go. And then let's see. Oh, here is a great one. Okay, ready? Yep. Herb Alpert and Jerry Moss, A&M Records, the A and the M. Wow. That's I know. cool. Isn't that the best? That is cool. Everything that Herb Alpert ever performed would go great with the horse race. Wouldn't it? Everything. I know. If we could get the rights to some of that, we would be totally, <sighs> we would be it's talking over it every single minute. Maybe singing along. So up up and a D D D. All right. Uh, okay. Let's see. We got Rob Durdick from I don't know if you pronounce it that way, but from Ridiculousness. And I have to admit, I have had a few guilty pleasure moments with that show overall. Blah, but you okay. know, I have I have enjoyed moments. And let's see if there's anybody else that I have forgotten that I would want to say. None that I actually want to speak of, except Bert Backrack. Because okay. yeah. Okay. Bert. And then let me make sure. Uh, Bert Backrack is a very famous songwriter for for you young guns. So he wrote see. everything in the world almost. See, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't you don't even know everything he wrote. It's just there in the world playing. In I the know background. it's the yeah, the wallpaper of your life has been tunes that he's gotten paid for. Exactly. Elizabeth Hurley. She's oh, in a okay. Um, let's see. Did I say, I said Drew Brees, right? You did. Yep. Okay. MC Hammer. Is he still in racing or did Not he have now, to but he was. get rid of it? Oh, when he was like busy spending all his hammer pants money and going yeah. broke. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, you know, I hate to rip on him because a lot of other people have gone broke as well. But that's you know, right. But that is kind of unfortunately one of the things he know, he's known for. But, you know, well, we won't dwell. There, yeah. There dwell. was a, there, I was uh, telling Weege, I saw a funny mug on Pinterest that had a silhouette of a horse and it said like bankruptcy starter kit. <laughs> it was, was kind of awesome. So, <clears throat> yeah, horses are something that, like I said, if you're a, a celebrity with a lot of money, and um, and you might be familiar with that, uh, what is it from Pride and Prejudice, where they where they say something like, a single man in possession of a fortune is in need of a wife, like you know how they they identify if you if you happen to be a single guy with enough money, all you. All you need is a wife and somebody wants to find you one. Well, if you happen to be a celebrity with a ton of money, all somebody wants to do is get you connected with a horse. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. <clears throat> it's true. And, you know, it, you have to have – even the, the crappiest horse requires deep pockets. It's just not a cheap thing to be into, even it's at not. the lowest level. Like, you want to ride your little slow little horse, you know, through the countryside a little bit or – even keep one in your backyard as just a friend. It's too expensive for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I do, like like just just a, a trail pony is expensive. You it know, is. It, it is very expensive. It's the sport um, of kings, y'all. So um, we chatted a little bit about celebrities with racehorses, just as like a little kind of fun extra thing. Um, some of the things that interest us are the way that racing and horses permeate our culture. Um, and have permeated human civilizations for millennia. People have been racing and um, been involved in equine sports. Oh, I remember a thing that I wanted to mention. It oh. is that um, the Olympic equestrian events are going on now, uh, which you may or may not know. There are equestrian events in the Olympics going on now, which you can watch streaming on NBC. So they're happening in Tokyo Ooh. right now without audiences. But I was just watching a little bit of the Grand Prix dressage, which is very cool, which is yet a different kind of an event where you're watching the horses and the riders step through various kinds of specialty moves. So it's almost like watching like an ice skating routine, but it's horses in a ring. So they've got all these different moves that they're going to do, and they're going to have to execute them perfectly. So that's the kind of thing behind dressage. But it's kind of a cool sport to watch. And if you love beautiful horses, mm-hmm. they're on now. And if you go to the NBC website, they've got all the equestrian sports grouped together and they've just got them all blocked by day as to what happened on what day. And you just click it to watch it. And they've got the list coming up of all the equestrian events uh, running through the rest of the Olympic games. So I wanted to mention that just in case people just want to look at some pretty horses, you know, you know, I had recorded uh, some of the Grand Prix uh dressage because I had never actually, I've seen tidbits, bits and pieces online, but I wanted to see like a whole competition of what that would look like because it's very hard to imagine, you know, the sort of interesting moves. If you've ever ridden a horse, this is my little, my little note. If you've ever ridden a horse, you would know that 
I have no freaking idea how you get horses to do those it's things. Amazing. Like, I don't even it's know amazing. how you, I can barely get them to trot. So <laughs> I'm just saying they don't really want to hear crap from you is really what I felt. <laughs> and like, it's, you get <clears throat> off me and leave. That's the message I got from horses. So, <laughs> so the fact they, that they're not either, you know, sniffing in your pockets or biting your ear or your belt or, you know, menacing you in some way. (laughs) (laughs) To me, the fact that they can get these horses to do these amazing moves on command without, you know, really, I mean, it's seamless. It almost looks like it's telepathic. You watch the signals. The signals are, you can't see what those signals are. And that to me is what's amazing. It might be a little tap on their shoulder. It might be a a slight graze with the foot, but those are the signals that those horses have learned to pay attention to. And to me, I'm like, those things are pretty awe-inspiring because if you get on a horse, you will know that that, first of all, that horse does not want you there. And second of all, get get away. (laughs) It just doesn't, that's the second message to you. Do you have any food? If not, get lost and get get off me. (laughs) The, um, well, I have to say that the, the footwork is so intricate and incredible as you watch their little ankles and feet going up and down and like crisscrossing. It's just, it's, it's very cool. It's just a really cool thing to see. Um, so yeah. So if people haven't gotten a chance to check that out, it's going on now and it's super fun. Um, and you know, and it can take your mind off the four horses of the apocalypse when they, (laughs) when they don't come in and you miss the long shot and you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. That that definitely hurt. I was just thinking about how much money I would have, and and then it was like, no, nah, I only bet two bucks. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we we're betting conservative. We didn't put it all in that race because it was like it was hard to see where the angles were, and that was. I know that's how some people felt about it, but uh, anyway, I I am. I'm tapped, really. I, I am. I was, I'm tapped after, you know, Trebek and dressage and the roll call of celebrity horse owners. I'm I'm ready to, like, just uh, roll up until we get back to our race picks. Later on in the week, we will have our race picks. So hopefully you'll think about betting the uh, Clement L. Hirsch stakes with us and the Jim Dandy because they're going to be fun races. Like, even if they're not fun, they're still fun. You know what I mean? It's, true. it's one of those it's things. It's horse racing. How is it not you know, fun? It, it's like, it's like, you know, the way like fisher people, you know, the fishermen, they go out and they, you go, well, did you have a good, did you catch anything? No, not really, but they were still fishing. So it was still great. Yeah. Horse racing's like that. It's still great. It even, is. Even when it doesn't go your way, you were still watching horse races and that makes it awesome. Yeah, it's true. You're watching these gorgeous animals just go crazy. It's the best. So yeah, I, I'm with you. So a, a, a bad day of betting is still a good day of racing. That's right. That's right. That's a that's a motto for a t-shirt right there. It is. Um, and I'm gonna do it, so don't take it anybody. <laughs> don't take it. For the for the listener. <laughs> For the listener, don't take it. So um, until next time, that's it from me. And I just want to say happy racing, y'all. Happy racing, y'all.